The Jets miss out on Odell Beckham Jr. That means it's time to turn their attention to DeAndre Hopkins or maybe keep Corey Davis. We'll talk all about all this and more on today's edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, this is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday, April 10th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Subscribe to the show on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts for free so that you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you're listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, please give this episode a big thumbs up. These things help Locked On Jets out and help other Jets fans find us. Today, our episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. Well, there were major developments on the Odell Beckham Jr. front this weekend. The Jets were in pursuit of the former free agent wide receiver. Early in the weekend, things seemed optimistic as far as Beckham goes. He scheduled a visit with the Jets on Monday. He and the team were supposed to talk contract, but beyond that, they were also going to discuss his role in the offense. He was even, he was even going to get a physical, because, of course, he is coming off a serious injury that he suffered in the Super Bowl, not this past year, but one year ago when he was playing with the Rams. He suffered a serious knee injury, so the Jets were going to get the physical out of the way just to make sure he was healthy enough to play. However, on Sunday night, news broke that Beckham was not visiting the Jets on Monday. In fact, he agreed to terms with the Baltimore Ravens, a team that... There were lots of rumors swirling over the last couple of weeks, so Odell Beckham Jr. is now off the table. Of course, he was on the reported list that Aaron Rodgers gave the Jets, and I don't want to call it a demand list because it was not a demand list according to the reports. I mean, some people have kind of run away, run wild with the idea that Rodgers was making demands. It was a, I guess you'd call it a request list or a suggestion list. Beckham was one of the players on it. But the Jets will have to look in another direction. There are lots of different takeaways I have about this situation with Beckham. The first is that I think it's very difficult to get upset with the Jets for not giving Beckham that deal. It's a $18 million contract, or it can be worth up to $18 million. But of those potential $18 million, 15 of those are guaranteed. And I've kind of half-heartedly argued for Beckham over the last couple of weeks I, I do think it was very half-hearted because I felt like it was a gamble that there was a good chance it was going to fail. But that's too much money for me. You know, I, if the Jets had given him that deal, I guess I could have understood it. I guess I could have talked myself into it. But Beckham hasn't played in over a year. And over the last few years, he's been very inconsistent. He's struggled to stay on the field. You know, there, there are calculated gambles you have to take when you're taking the approach the Jets are this offseason where they're kind of going all in. And I guess you could argue that the Jets maybe, you know, to upgrade their receiver position could have gone in this direction. But for a guy who's, you know, his body may be breaking down, to give him $15 million guaranteed, you know, $18 million potentially, that's, I guess, I guess if he plays well enough, he'll, I guess if he gets $18 million, it's a sign he played well. So let's leave it at $15 million. It's a tremendous amount of money to be paying him. So I look at this, and you know the Jets have not exactly been the model of fiscal discipline this offseason. They have not been 
the model of good cap management this offseason, if we're going to be honest. But I just look at the situation and I say, man, that would have been a tough one to do. It, It really would have been. I find it difficult to get upset with the Jets for not giving Beckham that deal. So I think that that's true. I think that that's fair. Now, I think the counter to that is, as I said, the Jets are going all in. The Jets are kind of saying, you know, to heck with the future. We'll worry about cap, future cap hits later on. So I guess from that standpoint, you know, you, maybe you can question it a little bit. But, you know, I, I think that from that standpoint, I think it's t- tough to say the Jets should have given Odell Beckham Jr. that money. I guess you could have talked yourself into it if they had because they do need to upgrade the receiving position. But that's just too much. I'm sorry. That's too much money for, for me. Um now I, I do think you got to give the I think the Jets can get a little grief from the standpoint that they really made Beckham their top priority, and I think it's pretty clear they misread the market for him. And you know there's there's some nuance to this. I mean you know there are always situations where a team gives way more money than can be reasonably be expected. I guess you could make that argument here, but the Jets made Beckham clearly he was clearly a priority for this team, and they again they misread they, Beckham apparently was a hotter commodity than the Jets realized and. Maybe they should have focused their attention in another area. You know, maybe they maybe there were guys who were available who would have been better fits, who would have been more reasonable, who they passed on for Beckham. So I think from that standpoint, you know, maybe you can get on the Jets a little bit for for that because they, again they misread the market and you know sometimes it just takes one team to really do something surprising. And I guess I think the counterpoint to that is that it's a fair argument to make that the Ravens, you know, were, the Ravens offer was surprising. A guy who hasn't played in a year gets $15 million guaranteed. A guy who's really been inconsistent the last three three years or so to get that money, you know, maybe you can't expect it, but you know, the Jets put a lot of eggs in the in this Beckham basket trying to upgrade their receiver position and you know, they kind of came away empty and they there may not have been a lot of great alternatives, but you look back on this and you wonder maybe should the Jets have focused their attention in another spot trying to upgrade the receiver position. And this, I guess there are two statements that are not mutually exclusive. In fact, I think both are true. One is that the Jets really were would not have been well advised to give Odell Beckham Jr. the money that he got. The second statement, which is also true, is they need to find a way to upgrade this receiver position because right now this is not a championship-level group. And... I mean, if you're saying the Jets are getting 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, 30, I'm sorry, 39-year-old, soon-to-be 40-year-old Aaron Rodgers, and the goal is not to win a championship this year, then I'd have to ask what we're doing. You know, why are we pushing all this dead money to the future? Why are we getting a quarterback at the end of his career? What's the point of this if we're not trying to win a championship? A guy who's going to the Hall of Fame, you're getting this quarterback. You're not, I mean, are you doing this to get a wild card spot? I understand you want to end the, the long playoff drought. That's certainly a worthy goal. Certainly, something the Jets should be looking to do, but that's something you'd be looking to do even without Aaron Rodgers. You know, you don't need to get Aaron Rodgers to get a wild card spot. As bad as the Jets have been, they're not that far away from being a playoff team. So you've got to upgrade this group around Aaron Rodgers, and they're going to have to find another way to do it because right now it's it's not quite there. It's not quite there at the moment. You got you have an excellent young receiver in Garrett Wilson, but once you get past him, I think the this group, you know, there are lots of question marks. There are lots of guys who. You are veteran players who are NFL caliber players, but they're not guys you want to have big roles in this offense, like an Alan Lazard or a Mecole Hardman. These guys have their spot in the league. They'll have their spot on the team. They'll have roles that suit them well. But if you're going to the season and these are the guys behind Garrett Wilson, I think you got to question what you're doing because, again, this is not a group that profiles to me as a championship level group. And I think that the Jets model should be 
kind of what the Philadelphia Eagles did a year ago. And what they did was they had a talented young receiver in Devontae Smith. Now, maybe not quite as talented as Garrett Wilson, but what did they do? Did they say we have Devontae Smith and it doesn't matter? What we... No, they went out and got A.J. Brown. You know, they went out and made that trade with the Tennessee Titans to add another premium receiver around their young guy. So that way, they gave defense, that way you give defenses headaches because even if you have a number one corner, and Garrett Wilson you know, did struggle against some number one corners in October when he played Jair Alexander in Green Bay and uh, Patrick Sertain in, in Denver, which you know, was also a point where the Jets weren't really getting much out of their quarterback position, you want to have another guy there. You want to have another guy so that the other team, even if they have a shutdown corner, it's going to have a tough time matching up with them because there aren't many teams with a Sauce Gardner-level corner and a DJ Reed-level corner across from him. So Jets have some work to do on the offensive side of the ball at the receiver position. So what ideas do I have? Well, that's what I'm going to tell you as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked on Jets podcast because there's a guy out there I think the Jets should be all in on, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. And I'll explain that. I don't know if you need me to explain it, but... I mean, it's pretty obvious how good DeAndre Hopkins is, but if you need me to explain it, that's what I'll do as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Locked On Jets is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we are always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we, we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery wherever you are. Therapy has many benefits. They can, it can help you learn positive coping skills, how to set boundaries, and empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOn today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash LockedOn. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listener, first watch every day. All right, let's talk wide receivers. Odell Beckham Jr. is out now for the Jets. He signed with Baltimore, a deal that it seems very un-Ravens-like to me. I, I, th- I always respect the Baltimore organization. I think they make very savvy decisions. This one, I, I got to be honest with you. If the Jets had given him that money, I think you would it, it would be fair to question it. And I think it's tough to get. There are things you can get upset with the Jets over this offseason. I think there are even things at the receiver position. I talked about some of them in the first segment, such as prioritizing Beckham to the extent that they did. I think it's tough to get upset with the Jets for not giving him that contract, though. Now, as I said, though, you can question why the Jets prioritized Odell Beckham Jr. so highly. And, you know, looking back on this, I was thinking this through last night. Sometimes I'm a little hard on the Jets, and I think in many instances it's justified. But sometimes I actually go a little too easy on the Jets. And I actually think I've been going way too easy on the Jets for, for one thing that I'm about to talk about. And you've heard it over the last couple of weeks if you've been listening to the show. I've said, well, I think DeAndre Hopkins is a better fit, but the Jets are going all in on Odell Beckham Jr. I've kind of made excuses for them. But I was thinking, sitting there last night, and I was thinking, why have I been conceding that Odell Beckham Jr. is, is the guy the Jets should be going after? Why is this not an issue? If DeAndre Hopkins is, is a better receiver, if DeAndre Hopkins fits the Jets better, why am I giving the Jets a pass for being all in on Odell Beckham Jr.? And this goes back to what I was saying in the first segment. Why were they so focused on him? Isn't DeAndre Hopkins better than Odell Beckham Jr.? Wouldn't you? I mean, if I'm offering you both... Wouldn't you rather have DeAndre Hopkins? Now, the counter to this, the, there's one counter to this. It's not a good counter. So let's talk this through. The counter to this is that Odell Beckham Jr. was a free agent 
DeAndre Hopkins you have to trade for. You don't know whether he's available. You don't know when, when Arizona is going to be willing to trade for him. You, know, you essentially have to pass on Beckham. You, know, you, if, you may lose Beckham, but you're trying to trade. But if you try to trade for Hopkins, you may lose, may, you may lose out on Beckham without knowing whether you'll be able to trade for Hopkins. Now, I don't think it takes much thought to realize why that's not a good argument. Now, that may be a good argument for some other teams. It is a terrible argument, however, for the New York Jets. And I, you can guess why, but I'll explain why in case, in case you couldn't guess this. The Jets took that exact approach with their quarterback situation. They could have signed Derek Carr. They could have been aggressive on Derek Carr. They decided to send it out and wait for Aaron Rodgers and say, you know what, even, even though, and it was, and listen, Rodgers had not made his decision at the point Carr signed with the Saints. The Jets essentially went all in on Aaron Rodgers without knowing when or if they'd be able to trade for him. So you can't use that argument now to explain why they were going after Beckham instead of DeAndre Hopkins. And this could be a situation, you know, if the Jets are smart and they pivot to DeAndre Hopkins, this could be the type of situation where maybe they'd kind of lucked out. And sometimes you need that in the NFL. Sometimes you're on the verge of making a mistake and something happens and you just kind of luck your way into a good decision. And that could very well be what, what this is for the Jets because, as I said, this is not a championship-level receiving core yet. You know, when you've got Garrett Wilson, but behind him you've got Alan Lazard and you've got Nicole Hardman and whatever is behind those guys. That's not a, you know, that's not a, it's not a terrible group. I mean, with Garrett Wilson, it gives you a higher floor than the Jets have had in quite a while. That's a good thing, you know. I mean, usually we're talking at this point of the year about what receiver on the Jets could eventually develop into a number one go-to guy. Jets got that guy now, Garrett Wilson. But you had a second guy, like a DeAndre Hopkins, a second go-to guy. Suddenly, this this group looks really good because Lazard, Alan Lazard slots in as like the third guy. Nicole Hardman slots in as the fourth guy who, you know, you play on special teams a little bit, kind of takes over the Berrios role. Maybe you manufacture some touches for him. Now, that's a that's a good receiving group. And now, now you got Aaron Rodgers. Now, I mean, now we're in business with this defense. Now, you know, that's the type of situation where now I can start to buy in and say, you know what? This team's got a shot. This team's got a real shot to win the Super Bowl. So I think all, all I should be on, on Arizona right now, because the talk is that Arizona is about to move on from DeAndre Hopkins. You know, they can't really afford him. They're kind of, you know, in that weird place where maybe they're resetting. And beyond that, you know, there's been a lot of buzz about DeAndre Hopkins to Buffalo. Now, I never say that you should get a player specifically to block a division rival from getting him. I don't think you do that. That's the number one reason. But I do think that can be a motivation. I think that can be a secondary re- reason for why you make a move. Because not only, if you sit out the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes, not only do you not get him, but you could end up facing him twice a year, which, you know, Jets obviously have good corners, but you also have a division rival who's got him for the other 15 games. So I, I look at the situation, and suddenly, you know, I think Garrett Wilson and DeAndre Hopkins kind of complement each other. Well, Garrett's a guy who's just really kind of a unique route runner. He just has an ability to create separation. You got a big guy, DeAndre Hopkins, to the mix. You got a little bit of everything in this offense now. Now, it's not clear what Arizona wants for him. You know, it's not the talk has been there have been some reports they're looking for a second round pick. It doesn't sound like they're going to get a second round pick for him. So, you know, it doesn't sound like it's going to be an overly expensive move. You get him this year. I I looked it up on overthecap.com, which is the great salary cap website. Um, Jason Fitzgerald, who's a big Jets fan, created it many years ago, close to 14, 15 years ago. Jason Fitzgerald created it. Hopkins has a base salary around $20 million. Now, the Jets are short on cap space, but $20 million for a premium receiver. In today's NFL, my friends, that's not a that's not an exorbitant price. And, you know, you can tack on some void years. You can restructure the deal. Hopkins will be amenable because he's not going to lose any money with a restructure. Restructure is not the same as a pay cut. 
So if Hopkins, you know, restru- you restructure the deal and move the cap hits around, becomes po- plausible. And then you've got Garrett Wilson, you've got DeAndre Hopkins. And you've got guys who are complementary parts playing complementary roles. You know, Alan Lazard, I don't know that he's a second receiver. I don't know that you want him to be your, your sidekick to, to Garrett Wilson. But if he's like a complementary guy, is he a role player behind Wilson and uh, Hopkins, suddenly, you know, he's pretty good for his role. And the same goes for Nicole Hardman. You know, Nicole Hardman is the fourth receiver. Yeah, that's pretty good. Nicole Hardman is the third receiver or the second receiver. That's not very good. So the Jets should be all in on DeAndre. And the Jets should have been all in on DeAndre Hopkins. I was going way too easy on the Jets. The Jets deserve so. I I should have been more critical of the Jets because it really did not make sense why they were so focused on Beckham versus Hopkins. Hopkins is a better receiver. Hopkins is a better fit for the team. And I understood that, you know, I, I could understand to an extent the, the focus on Beckham because they did need to upgrade the receiving core. Beckham was one of the few guys where you could talk yourself into. You don't need to talk yourself into Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins. He's DeAndre Hopkins. Better, he's better, you know, I think he'll be better in the locker room. Just, well, Jets, why were you even focused? Jets, that, the, the, this could be the best thing that ever happened to the Jets because now they can focus on the guy they should have been after the whole time, and that's DeAndre Hopkins. But there's an alternative to this. The Jets may not be in on DeAndre Hopkins. What do they do then? Well, there's a guy I've been assuming was going to be gone. In fact, if you've listened to shows over the last couple of weeks, you may have been puzzled by my lack of Corey Davis mentions. I'll explain why, and I'll explain why I may be wrong as we continue this Monday episode of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The draft is approaching. We're still talking about Jets offseason, but the real games don't begin until September. We're many months away. We're, we just hit the spring. The Jets don't return until we're almost at the fall. However, baseball is now back. You got grand slams, no hitters, double plays, all this stuff to look forward to this year in the baseball season. And there's no better place to get in on the Major League Baseball action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And that's because right now new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if if you don't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Monday. Talking about the receiver position for the Jets, where they go now that Odell Beckham Jr. is no longer an option. You know, for the first time all offseason since the Jets signed Alan Lazard, I do think there's a, there's a chance Corey Davis stays with the team now. And I've, if you've been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks, you've heard me talk about Garrett Wilson. You've, talked, you've heard me talk about Lazard. You've heard me talk about Mecole Hardman. I never factored Corey Davis into the, the discussions about what the Jets have at receiver because I've been under the assumption he's gone. And if you look at what the Jets were expecting from Davis, I think there's a lot of overlap with what they are expecting from Lazard. And the fact that they've brought in two receivers who, you know, maybe aren't making huge money, but are making a moderate amount of money in, in Lazard and Hardman. And I've just been under the assumption Davis is leaving. I've, there's talk that maybe he'll be in the trade to the Packers when the Jets eventually make the deal for Aaron Rodgers because the Packers are very short on that the receiver position right now. And they're trying they're going to be trying to develop a new quarterback in Jordan Love. But it's also possible Davis sticks around because... There's a lack of depth at the receiver position now. Now, I think if the Jets had signed Beckham, Davis was gone. And if the Jets do make a move for Hopkins, there's not really a spot for Davis. And, you know, his salary is it's an eight-figure salary. It's over $10 million a year. He'll count against the cap. And the Jets get almost all of that back if they if they if if he's not on the team. So it's, you create a lot of cap space. And quite frankly, you could probably pay for DeAndre Hopkins his first year by just getting rid of Corey Davis if you restructure that Hopkins deal. 
But if you aren't able to make a move for Hopkins, suddenly Dave, keeping Davis becomes an option because, you get, again, you get very thin behind Garrett Wilson. Now, we know Davis has not been great as a Jet. He's struggled to stay on the field. He's been inconsistent on the field when he's played. And he's been, you know, he's had his moments, but he's also had some bad moments. He's struggled with drops. He's, again, really struggled to be on the field. I don't know that the Jets have really gotten their money's worth from Corey Davis. I think he's a better player than what he's shown. I wouldn't be surprised to see him bounce back, but we've been saying that for two years now. So at some point, you just have to say, you know, this is what the guy is until he proves otherwise. Garrett Wilson's obviously the number one receiver. Davis, Lazard, Hardman. Is that a great group? No. Is that one of the best groups in the league behind Garrett Wilson? No. But you at least have, at least gives you three NFL caliber receivers behind Garrett Wilson. And yeah, it's a lot of money for Davis, and you could tack on some void years to the deal, which was, would essentially lower his cap hit this year. He'd get paid the same amount of money. It's just, it, it, so he'd be, he'd be fine with it. It's just you're restructuring when the cap hits come. So, you know, you could do something along those lines. And again, stylistically, I think that this group kind of meshes pretty well with what the Jets have. I, I think the Jets, their issue is just they don't have enough top-end talent after Garrett Wilson. But stylistically, you've got Garrett Wilson, a guy who can create separation. He's a separator. And he's a guy who can make plays if you get him the ball in space. You've got Lazard, the big body, a guy who can help block in the run game, a guy who in theory can help you in the red zone with contested catches. Hardman's kind of the speedster. In theory, he's a deep threat. Another guy like Wilson you can manufacture touches for in space. So they've got a little, little bit of everything. And this is what I go back to is that I don't think the Jets are so much looking for something stylistically as they are just looking for overall quality behind Garrett Wilson. And you could argue going to the draft, but the draft, you, don't let Garrett Wilson fool you. It's not easy, necessarily easy to find an impact receiver even in the first round. You know, if in year one, you know, maybe you can find a guy. If you're lucky, you find a Garrett Wilson who's immediately ready to contribute and immediately ready to be an 1,100-yard guy. But even guys who become really good receivers, they don't always produce a ton as rookies. So I, and there go, there's also the matter of Aaron Rodgers is the type of quarterback. You need to build trust with him. It doesn't happen overnight. And young receivers, you know, they're inexperienced. Sometimes they make a mistake. And you, it, I don't think it's necessarily a huge knock on Aaron Rodgers to say this because I think it's true of a lot of quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers, you know, if he, if he loses trust as a, as a young receiver, it could take a while to get it back. So I don't know that the, the young receiver route, I wouldn't object to the Jets drafting somebody, but there are some pitfalls with that. And also, if you, know, you draft a receiver in the first round, that means that there's another spot like offensive line that's not going to be filled. So these are all things to consider. So ultimately, you know, if the Jets aren't able to get Hopkins, I'm looking at the, the rest of the landscape with Beckham gone. There may not be a better option than Corey Davis, so maybe you just hold on to Corey Davis. Again, I've been counting him out. I, I bet you there have been people who have been listening to the show over the last couple of weeks who have like sc been screaming, John, you're forgetting about Corey Davis. I've just been assuming he's been gone, but maybe he won't be. Maybe the Jets keep him. Maybe this Beckham move is a turning point. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoyed the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you're uh, listening on a podcast, or sorry, if you're Listening on a podcast source, please give the show a five-star review. If watching on YouTube, please a big thumbs up. These things help the podcast out and help other Jets fans find Locked On Jets. Have a great Monday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.